This is not your regular church program. Anybody, you're a witness. And what Pastor David is doing looks very risky to people who are not kingdom-minded. How can you tell everybody that they can plant churches? They will respect you. They, 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 you tell them that they have anointing just like you have anointing. How do they bring prophet offering? <laughs> so, so, you see, this, this whole model that keeps the people of God down, it has expired. 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 And the truth actually is that if you insist on that model, unfortunately, you will expire with it. That is the trouble. You see, because, you see, when we are working with God, it's not sufficient that you are correct. In other words, you, you are orthodox. You believe the scriptures. You must also be current. Does that make Don't sense? Don't just be orthodox, be current. I like that. Does that make sense? You have to be correct. You must believe scripture. You must stand on every word. But you must also be current with what the Spirit of God is saying and doing. And the fact is that the Spirit of God has moved away from the superstar model in the church. And God is now mobilizing the whole church to reach the whole world with the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, the, the point is, you know, Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. But the church members are many. There are many. The, the, if you have if you have two point uh, current statistics for Christians in real numbers, absolute numbers, percentage is about 33%. It has stayed constant despite the growing world population. But in absolute numbers, it comes to about 2.3, 2.4 billion people that call themselves Christians. If you have 2.3 billion people, you have people. <laughs> you can't say your people are few if you have 2. Point something billion people. But the problem is that these mass of people, the harvest force, they have been kept under by some people that call themselves ministers and then call other people lay people. They say they are clergy and then the rest of us, we are the lay people. We are the talakawas, you know, the people, the proletariat. And you don't find these divisions in scripture. You don't find, you know, in... Uh, um, Ephesians 4 that you were reading. If you look at that scripture, it talks about we have one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one Father who is above all and he works through all. I asked people, I said, who divided a family that has one Father, one faith, one hope, one love, one heaven, one... Who divided them into clergy and laity? Who divided them into ministers and members? Who divided them into full-time and part-time? You see, all of these paradigms are major barriers to practicing what we are saying here. Now, some of you, you, you see yourself, well, I'm, uh, Pastor David is full-time, I am part-time. A part-time Christian is a full-time sinner. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Say it again, sir. <laughs> I said a part-time Christian is a full-time sinner. 
if you are doing part time with Jesus, who are you doing the rest of the time with? <laughs> so you see, the, what people don't understand is that if Jesus paid for full time disciples. We he paid for us full time, hundred percent of his blood, and we are followers of Jesus full time, all the time. So the only difference is that all of us are not going to operate from the same platform. We are all full-time, but that does not mean that we are all going to do our full-time from a church pulpit. We are going to do our full-time from the different aspects of society. Planting these churches, planting these, you know, rabbit churches in offices, in under the tree, in the mechanic workshop, in the university campus. Pastoring the bank. I said pastoring the bank. Pastoring the hospital getting into the villages reaching out to people so that they hear the gospel so as long as you have this mindset in your mind i am not i'm not can i can i there is a scripture in in let me not get into that but but the point brothers and sisters is that i think one of the major things we must do before we leave this place is that you must own the harvest you see see the, jesus said the harvest is plentiful the laborers are do you know that a harvest is not a pain if you have a harvest it's joy this is what you've been laboring for your harvest is the reason for all of your labors in fact the bible talks about people rejoicing as in the time of harvest a harvest is not a burden except you are not the owner Wow. A harvest is not a burden. A harvest is only a burden to somebody who is not the owner of the harvest. But if you are the owner of the harvest, a harvest is look, brothers, let's own the harvest. Many believers have never personally owned the harvest. I said, this harvest that belongs to my Lord must not go to waste. And there's something I want to say from that scripture. You see, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would... So first of all, there is a Lord of the harvest. That's the guarantee that this harvest will be accomplished. You see, if you are the owner of a harvest, you will take all necessary measures to get your harvest. That's why if you remember the parable of the person that was hiring you remember he went out at six o'clock you know the, the, the zero hour a.m he hired people he went out at the ninth at the third hour nine o'clock he hired people he went out at the twelfth hour at the at the sixth hour that's 12 noon hired people he went out at the at the ninth hour 3 p.m he hired people he went out at the 11th hour he was still hiring at the 11th hour why was that so because his harvest must come in and those people that were hired at the 11th hour notice that he rewarded them the same with those that were hired at wow. the very beginning now here is the reason he did not reward them according to their work he rewarded them according to the preciousness of his harvest that's why he gave them equal the harvest was too so 
the guarantee is that there is a lord of the harvest and the a friend of mine made a statement years ago that set me on edge he said ferdinand the great commission will be fulfilled with or without you and i said no 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 now something else in that passage of scripture please help me to put up um, uh, matthew chapter 9 and verse 37 because this is where it i believe that this meeting look brothers and sisters this is not a regular church program you are in the presence of god's current agenda the things that you are hearing is what they are saying in heaven blessed are your ears see he says then he said to you, the harvest truly is plenteous plentiful but the liberals are few next verse and this is my prayer before we leave this place he said pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest that he will do what send forth laborers into his harvest notice he didn't say that he will send forth bishops or that he will send forth pastors or he will send forth reverends what did he say he wants to send out laborers who is a laborer he doesn't have a big title if you've gone to a construction site then you have seen laborers they are carrying stuff they are moving things they are handsome people who get engaged to bring in the harvest that's what we need not theologians not more titles not more superstars we need laborers and look at the kind of laborers you see the word sent forth that word do you have the amplified translation of uh, up there can you help me to put that in verse 38 you see the word aha now note he says so pray to the lord of the harvest wow. to force out force out and thrust thrust out now the reason wow. is because now i am not a greek scholar i am a medical doctor by training but you see the word send forth the word is ekbalo 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 is what the amplified version there says is to force out it's to eject randy ek, look ekbalo look at it here ekbalo is from where you get ballistic you see the balo is ballistic you see listen you see listen this, this is very important you see what i'm sharing with you is more than a sermon it's a burden you're hearing the heart of god you see what this servant of god is doing is not regular church this is some people don't understand you when they look at you from afar they are wondering what what is he doing but they just notice that god is increasing the work the reason is because god blesses his agenda god will not bless your program he will bless his agenda now you see the kind of laborers that are needed for this harvest is will not be regular laborers they will be ballistic laborers wow that are ejected they are forced out you see the impact the impact is dependent on the force of ejection the word is below is these are explosive laborers so even in our prayers we are not praying for regular church members 
we are praying for an explosive workforce people that are ejected something is burning these are not your regular preachers and regular church members these are people that are burning from inside you know what shoots out a bullet is an explosion in a closed chamber once that explosion takes place now the only way for the bullet to get out is through the nozzle it forces it out that's what jesus told us to pray for so when you have those kind of laborers whether they are in the mechanic workshop or they are in the university or they are in the bank or they are in the hospital they are they are laborers they, there is something burning inside them they can't even if they wanted to keep quiet because of this explosion because of this explosion and it will come to pass that some of you will try to keep quiet but there is a fire burning inside your bones you will not be able you will not be able to contain what god is pouring into your spirit you will not be able to stop it you know there's something dr kurt said it is better for you not to hear certain things than to hear them and not obey them the reason is because they will not leave you and the things that you are encountering these few days will not leave you your heart will be possessed by a different agenda other people will be pursuing other things but something will be burning from inside your spirit and nothing will quench it nothing will satisfy it you will just notice that you are possessed by a different priority blessed be the name of jesus christ and something i think is very important you know i'm i'm, I'm so grateful for what god is doing i'm telling you the truth and listen sit down for a moment you see a lot of right thinking people are getting disillusioned with coming to sit down every tuesday wednesday friday night sunday morning to listen to a superstar playing games and dramatizing who made us spectators when jesus paid for all of us so this is very important the more we accept can i show you a quick scripture sir give me a couple of minutes go with me to first samuel chapter 14. you see these um first samuel chapter 14. you you see i i, I made a note you know before coming here a great task requires a great strategy by a great army with great passion and power the task is great so you need a great strategy and that strategy is to mobilize every believer to get engaged with the harvest now if you look in that passage when you have some time please read first samuel chapter 13 it's an amazing story of philistines coming against the people of god and the philistines we are coming against israel in verse 5 with thirty thousand chariots six thousand horsemen and people as sand of the sea uh, by the seashore in multitude 
And when the Israelites saw that in verse 6, they were, when they saw they were in danger, they went, <laughs> they hid in rocks and caves and ran away. Now, please go to verse, go with me to verse um, 16. Saul, verse 16, Saul and Jonathan, his son, the people that were with him, they were in Gibeah. The Philistines were in Michmash. 17. Then raiders, raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines. So, Philistine raiders were raiding Israel. Now, look in verse 19. And this is what you're doing, sir. The Lord told me that this is what is needed in the end time church. The ministry of the blacksmith. Now, watch what is going on here. Now, there was no blacksmith to be found in throughout all the land of Israel. Why was there no blacksmith to be found throughout the land of Israel? Because the Philistines said, wow. if you allow these guys to have a blacksmith, they will manufacture weapons, they will arm the Israelites, and our oppression over them will be over. So the Philistines said, don't allow any blacksmith. You see, the blacksmiths of old, they were the technologists. They were the ones that forged weapons. They were the ones that forged swords and javelins and all kinds of things. So the Philistines who were the masters of Israel said, don't allow any blacksmith. And it's a strategy of war. When you conquer people, you don't leave their experts that produce ammunition. The United States and the Allies did it to Germany at the end of the, of the Second World War. They took away they, it was called Operation Phillips. They took away all the German scientists that produced the weapons that enabled Germany to fight against the Allied forces. It was those scientists that people like Otto von Braun, they were among those that sent America to the moon. They were the ones, the rocket scientists that the U.S. carried out of Germany. Because if you defeated them and you left their rocket scientists, it will not be long before another war will start. This is what the Philistines were doing to Israel. Follow what is going on here. Now, so what happened? Verse 20. All the Israelites will go to the Philistines to do what? To sharpen their, you know, imagine that you are an Israelite. For you to sharpen your weapon, not weapons, agricultural implements, you have to go to Philistines. You have to pay Philistines to sharpen your plows, your hoe. And so the Philistines, we are not only oppressing them militarily, they we are also sucking them economically. Because you have to pay. Follow what is going on here. Then you will see the application. So as you pay, there was a charge. Now, look now what happened in verse 22. And this is glory to the name of Jesus Christ for this gathering. Look at verse 22. So it came to pass, everybody say, in the day of battle, that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But Saul and Jonathan had their own weapons. See what is going on. Look. See what the Philistines were so effective in oppressing Israel that in the day of battle, remember the Philistines came with 30,000 chariots, horsemen, 
people like the sand of the sea but on the on the side of israel the bible says on the day of battle there was no sword there was no spear the people of god were not armed on the day of battle but they had two leaders that were armed so this was a congregation of armed leaders and unarmed followers that is the present day church that is the church today that is the church we are saul and his son jonathan they have a sword they have a spear but the rest of the congregation of israel have nothing so what did they do they went and hid in tickets they ran into the rocks they ran away for their lives in the day of battle why was this so he said because there were no blacksmiths so what was the ministry of the blacksmith is what pastor david is doing what the blacksmith does is that he not only finds weapon for himself he begins to equip the whole army of god he begins to equip the whole army of god so that on the day of battle they will be ready to face the philistines so you you see the model that we have followed is the soul model and that has expired now let me show you you may excuse saul and say well you know this is samuel go to the book of genesis go back so that now you know the distance between first samuel and genesis go to genesis chapter 14 and look at something here you see what is going on in this conference is what must happen to the body of christ for the great commission to be fulfilled every believer must be armed in this day of battle every believer must become a missionary a full-time minister a church planter do you uh, pastor question question for everybody who plants churches in our regular models pastors who plants mosques muslims the ordinary muslim so which one is going to grow faster that is it that 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 is it in christianity to plant a church you have to be a big pastor plenty money but look at to plant a mosque where two or three muslims have gathered together a mosque has been born that is it that is it first of all they put stones they put some stones and they begin to pray then after a while the perimeter grows after a while the thing grows then when it has grown they find an imam notice the imam comes when it has grown but look at christianity there will be christians in an area nobody will think of coming together until pastor comes then he starts running around he starts laboring before he can plant one church so you see one is a monument the other one is a movement and you wonder why what is needed now we do not need more monuments we need movements the monuments the monuments have expired i said the monuments have expired what we now need are movements that galvanizes the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world now look at look look in genesis 14 look in genesis 14 
Look what happened here. This was after Lot was captured. Look what happened when Lot was captured. Verse 13. Genesis 14, 13. Then somebody came and told Abraham the Hebrew and said, hey, your, your, your nephew Lot has been captured. Now look what happened. And Abraham dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshkol and brother of Enar. And these were confederate with Abraham. They were allies. Abraham was not a loner. He had allies. Now watch what happens here. Now when Abraham heard that his brother Lot was taken captive, what did Abraham do? Everybody, what did he do? He armed his trained servants. Born where? Born in his house. So you see, everybody that was born in Abraham's house became a trained warrior. You see, when we sing Father Abraham, Father Abraham, Father Abraham was a warrior. Father Abraham, back in those days, if you had cattle and you were not a warrior, you lost everything. It was like the wild, wild west in the US. Somebody will kill you and take all your cattle. So Abraham was a warrior. He armed his now notice he didn't train them in the day that Lot was captured. He had been training them. How many? 318 trained servants. What do you think is going to happen, man of God? If every pastor that has church members that are born in his house, you train them and you arm them for battle, then Lot can be rescued. The rescue of Lot is like the winning of a lost soul. But for that to happen, Abraham alone didn't go to go and start fighting the battle. He had trained servants. He armed all of them. Now, the, here is the trouble. For you to arm your servants, you must be very secure. You see, imagine that you have servants and you are not secure and you arm your servants. What might happen to you? <laughs> They may take you out. Meaning that Abraham was so secure that he could raise and equip people and not feel threatened. This is what he's doing. This is what is going on here. I, I, are you following what is going on? So now imagine that Abraham could arm train servants maybe a thousand years before Saul. Now Saul is king. And Saul could only arm himself and his son. I'll show you one final model. Go with me to, 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 to Second Chronicles. You see, this is what must happen. The, the church of Jesus Christ, but this is the, you, this is, you, you, where you are looking, you are sitting in the presence of a, where God is at work. Go to Second Chronicles and, and, and hear. Second Chronicles, and please look at from verse 11, 26. Second Chronicles 26, help me to put up verse 11, please. This is now another king. This is Uzziah. Moreover, Uzziah had uh, an army of fighting men that went out to war by bands. Put the next verse, please. The whole number of the fathers, 2,600. Next verse, please. 13. Everybody watch. Under their hand, an army of um, 300,000 
and they made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy next verse now this is very important look look everyone look put this in a simpler version because you need to see what Uzziah did a simpler version please Uzziah provided the entire army with what with shields that is protective equipment that's defensive equipment shields and then with what with spears helmets coats of mail bows and slings and stones Uzziah armed the entire army three more than 300,000 fighting men do you know that I was amazed servants of God you need to see what Uzziah did go back please now to verse verses 5 and 6 see what Uzziah was able to do because of this put verse 5 Uzziah sought God during the reigns of Zechariah who taught him to fear God and as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord God gave him success now please put the next verse Uzziah declared war on the Philistines he didn't wait for the Philistines to bring war to his backyard are you following the matter now you can do that when you have armed your people the church will declare war on the territories of the enemy now look what Uzziah did he broke down the walls of God he didn't wait for them to come and break the walls of Jerusalem he broke the walls of God Jabne, Ashdod now look, 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 look at that latter part that is missions that is missions look what Uzziah did then he built new towns in the Ashdod area and in other parts of Philistia do you understand what you are reading Uzziah colonized the Philistines he established Israeli settlements within Israeli colonies within time territory those are believing communities in an ocean of wickedness and there was nothing the Philistines could do because just like today I was in Israel uh, some weeks ago two three weeks ago and in Israel they've got the kibbutz the kibbutzim they call them these are villages these are farming villages do you know that today there are farming Israeli villages in the midst of the Philistines? You see, the Palestinians that you read about today, those are the Philistines that you read about in the Bible. So now there are Israeli communities living in the midst of Palestinian territories. That's what they call occupied territories. They are surrounded. We pass by on our way to Jericho. We pass by. Israeli communities living in the middle of Palestinian territory. But you cannot touch them because when they are going to farm, they've got their machine guns on their shoulder. Uzziah armed the whole army. So you see, this model, this model where you have King Saul, you have King Saul. If you want anointing, you come to King Saul. If you want miracle, you come to Saul. If you want um, uh, uh, anointing and breakthrough, you come to Saul or to Jonathan. And he is preparing Jonathan to take over from him. To continue the old order. 
But you see, brothers and sisters, the cloud of glory has moved from the house of Saul to the house of David. I said the cloud of glory has moved from the house of Saul to the house of, of, of David. And we don't follow the crowd. We follow the cloud. We don't follow the crowd. We follow the cloud. When the cloud moves, we move with the cloud. And I am saying to you, the cloud has moved from the old superstar model. And the cloud of glory is moving mobilizing the entire body of Christ.